the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right, everybody. Nine o'clock hour. Welcome on in. Great to have you here. Our final hour together before I get out and just do something outside. (laughs) I got to get out and do something outside. It is that purdy. So whether you're inside or outside, thanks for hanging out with us. And let us begin with a trip into what will be one of the, well, if not the most intriguing congressional race in our Texas primary over in Texas 12, where uh, Kay Granger is coming out. That looks like that's Craig Goldman's to lose, but hey, you never know. In the Dr. Michael Burgess, and that those are big shoes to fill. And we've been working our way through that. We've talked to Scott Army. We talked to Luisa Del Rosal. We talked to Brandon Gill. We talked to South Lake Mayor John Huffman. And we are now going to talk to a gentleman who, uh, interestingly, who you might have heard of for something totally different other than politics. And I am curious about that. So that'll be our entry into what he wants to share with you, which is why he wants to be the uh, District 26 uh, representative uh, for Texas. And that is Bert Thacker. Bert, nice to meet you, sir. How are you doing? Mr. Davis, to say it is an honor is an understatement. I think you are one of the coolest voices for our conservative movement. And I think one of the most important things that we have to realize is right now, as conservatives, we are facing arguably one of the greatest threats into personal liberties, which is the overreach of the federal government through delegated supremacy, through unelected bureaucrats, and quite frankly, the insane agendas of the uh, Biden administration and arguably the radical leftist movement. So it is such an honor to be here, Mr. Davis, and it is such an honor to have people who are even willing at nine nine ten in the morning to listen to me. Well, so I'm having a conversation. Appreciate that. Your graciousness is well documented. Let's take sixty seconds because there's a clip of your graciousness that can be found of you telling Alex Trebek how grateful you are to him about you as an immigrant, you and your dad watching Jeopardy, learning English at the knee of Alex Trebek. This is when you, it was, how many years ago were you on Jeopardy? Uh, this was the, uh, it appeared actually on election day, November 6, 2020. That clip ended up going very viral. Trebek died. And you want to talk about a surreal experience. I was number one on Twitter above president Trump, above Biden the week following the election, and that was the most Google search term in the United States. Wow. It was so it was such a wonderful because listen, Jeopardy's gonna have some people. Uh, how many how many rounds of that did you win? Uh I won I won one round. Yeah. Well, which, that's <laughs> one more than me. <laughs> listen, I, I I'm not claiming to set any records. What I am claiming is that uh I, I got to live one of my childhood dreams. And you know it, it it's something that is so salient right now. To me America represents the, poss- the land of possibility and the opportunities. And, and we spend an entirety of our life living other people's dreams. And we're so afraid 
of embracing what God arguably has given us, this incredible life, this incredible opportunity to be whatever we become. And Western civilization, I believe, is the epitome of that self-actualization. And America represents the one place in the world where that can happen. I'm proof positive of the American dream. The fact that you have a kid who grew up in the foothills of the Himalayas can run for the Congress of the United States of America on a Republican ticket should show you not only how great our country is, but how awesome our party is. The website is Bert Thacker, T-H-A-K-U-R, Bert Thacker for Congress.com, and the Twitter feed is Bert Thacker T-X. So tell us a little bit about you. I mean, obviously, that, that, that makes you, that puts you in the, in the almanac as the Jeopardy guy, but what's been your job, your life, your path? Uh, tell us about you. Well, thank you so much for that. I am, uh, well, I, I think I'm the only uh, veteran in the race. I I enlisted in the Navy in 2000, and during that time, I renounced my Indian citizenship and became an American citizen. And I uniquely understand what it means to, to be an American. I grew up in, uh, in, in India on the border of uh, Nepal and India, and my grandfather was the first one to make it out of poverty. He rose up to be uh, the top of the forestry department in, the, in that region, and I spent my childhood on elephants riding from game reserve to game reserve. And I remember flying here on a Pan Am jet. Uh, seeing white people, black people for the first time. I asked my grandpa, how do you tell who's an American? And he said, the Japanese are hardworking, the Germans are punctual, but an American, you can trust them with a handshake. And that's a pretty cool ethos. Uh, I've worked in power generation in the Navy. I was a nuclear reactor operator. And then after that, I operated and managed power plants. I started my own company at one point, which I failed at miserably. <laughs> I've stacked boxes at a warehouse. I've driven Uber. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I work in construction and... I, I think what I represent is, you know, yesterday I showed up an event with my work boots on and my high-vis sweatshirt because I'm still working in construction. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of the average man of the middle class not being represented in government. And when you have a situation, what my impetus to run was seeing that plane take off from Afghanistan on August 26th of 2021, where the bodies were falling off the wings. It was so symbolic of the trajectory we were headed down, and I could not stand by while my country that I loved was being ripped apart by profiteers. This is and so listen. Let's let's let you continue down that path a little bit because we were talking about that off the air that you didn't want one of America's major exports to be war. So we got to visit the Ukraine page and the support for Israel page and all these things. So why don't you touch base on those foreign policy issues, and then we'll go to some other stuff. Absolutely, I, I think. Right now, we have a situation where not only are we in unchecked war, if you will, but we are in a situation where we are not exactly benefiting the American hegemony. And what do I mean by that? Well, okay, we've spent hundreds of billions of dollars in Ukraine, but at the same time, if you go to Serbia, if you go to other places that are, if you will, the nexus of NATO, all you'll see is Gazprom trucks. All you'll see is Luke Oil trucks. So why, do we, why are we limiting our energy production? We should be, if anything, if you want to defeat Russia, you want to know the way to do it, we have to have fossil fuels. We have to start refining more oil. We have to inject uh, our, our oil industries, our refineries, to be able to have crackers and reformers that actually process sweet light Texas crude instead of Venezuelan or Saudi Arabian oil, which is what they're designed for. You know, when it comes to Israel, reality is, look, if Israel loses, we lose our influence in the entire world. And the fact of the matter is they are the only bulwark against arguably radical Islamic terror. I went to high school a block away from the World Trade Center. Trust me when I tell you, I I enlisted in the Navy a month after my 17th birthday in 2000. Trust me when I tell you this, that 
the world is not exactly a safe place. And there are a lot of people in this world who want us to go down. So I believe in smart investment. But if you take a look at the cost of the war, look what's happening. The reserve currency in, for oil in Saudi Arabia now is shifting to the yuan. BRICS now is gaining influence, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China. Their uh, alternative to the International Monetary Fund or the World Bank or U.S. influence is, is now gaining. Niger is now selling its yellow cake uranium to Russia. And so, and the trapezoidal defense in the South China Sea isn't working. In fact, we have Dongfeng 41 missiles, which are Chinese uh, ICBMs that arguably are being built right off the coast in Cuba. We don't know because they're being shipped by shipping containers. And so if our number one export is just war, propping up local warlords or this or that, as opposed to the fact that, look, $35 billion a year is Texas's economy in terms of trade. Why aren't we, why aren't we raising minimum skill here? One of the things that I learned uh, while getting on the ballot, I decided, you know what, I'm going to door knock over a thousand homes mm-hmm. from Munster, Sanger, you know, Little Elm Colony, all the way out to Rome, Decatur, Justin. You know, I, I got over 500 signatures from people who lived in the district, and my it was my wife's idea. She said, hey. If you can't get the support of the people, you don't deserve to be on that ballot. So one of the things I learned, for example, are, are, are the plight of farmers. You know, I, I spoke to this guy in Decatur who told me that one of his friends who was a rancher committed suicide because of the interest payments. And he realized this was a way for his family to actually not get their land seized. And quite frankly, like when you take a look at the state taxes that are on ranches or restrictions on, on, on U.S. mines for, for lime, for example, like who would think? That the, li- that the mining industry, which is helping farmers, would be an issue. You know, we have a situation where unelected bureaucrats, whether it's the EPA, whether it's the FDA, whether it's uh, the DOJ, FBI, you name it, are creating a massive amount of laws, and they're, in effect, shaping policy that supersedes state laws. We have a representation in the federal government where you have someone like, you know, Mitch McConnell getting up and saying, well, the American public cares more about Ukraine than they do. And I argue the following. I say, sir, with all due respect and with Congress and with oversight, with all due respect, when you have a situation where the American farmer is being pushed by the Biden administration to not even, I don't know, be able to use something like grizzly to to get rid of fire ants. So we have 85,000 veterans who rest their head on a concrete pillow. Or for that matter, when you have a situation where Literally, we are 24th, 36th, and 38th in the world when it comes to literacy or it comes to mathematics and it comes to the sciences, but number one is China. Our issue should be, look, is our role, is the role of the $19 billion a year to basically advocate an American policy which just props up, you know, some shadow government somewhere else as an extension of a proxy of the United States? Or should we actually focus on the fact that we have a $34 trillion debt right now, which filters down to all of these economies, whether it's, whether it's farming, whether it's uh, critical infrastructure manufacturing, whether it's the fact that our schools are bad. And if the interest on the debt alone is $1.7 trillion or will be, you know, that's more than the combined GDP of Saudi Arabia and the entire military budget. Heck, it's more than Social Security, you know, and the reality is we have to start focusing on issues. We have to reduce the size of our federal government while also figuring out ways to have American growth. 
Let's talk a little bit about the field. It is a busy one, yeah. and there's some folks uh, we've run across in life before, uh, and there's been some attention paid to to Scott, to Louisa, to Mr. Huffman, to Mr. Gill. Uh, how there have been some forums when you when a bunch of you have been on stage. How's that working out? How do you you carve out you know your elbow room? And because I think the name of the game here is make the ain't nobody going to get fifty percent. So the name of the game is finish in the top two. How do you do that? Well. I think one of the one of the more surprising things about my campaign is it, it's um uh, it, it it's a it's a proverb that I often quote. It's in Proverbs twenty one. It says, "The lazy, despite their intentions, will accomplish nothing because their hands refuse to work." And at some point, I think people are starting to notice that not only have I done my homework, not only have I researched issues, not only have I been out to every event, I've been to local towns, I've met. With police chiefs, for example, you know, I've I've met with uh, the police chief of of Decatur, who you know told me that we have a situation where they have a four million dollar budget and they need to hire eight officers and they don't know how to do it. So it gives me a perspective that is sort of different from the other candidates because I'm hearing from the community what they need. Well, one of the people I spoke to, his name is Rick Litho. He's out, he's out in Wise County. You know, one of the things that Rick is doing, for example, is figuring out ways that we get people with green cards educated about the Constitution, educated about America, and then try to bring them into the fold of the Republican Party. And these are things that the Democratic Party has been doing very well. They have been figuring out ways to attract new members into the Democratic Party. I think people are seeing that I represent a bit of a, bit of a difference. You know, forget drinking Kool-Aid. I'm a, I'm a drink of fresh water because I don't have time for performance. I love our country. So what I'm fundamentally talking about, term limits, reducing the size of the federal government, reducing the size and scope of various agencies from the Department of Education all the way down to the FBI, DOJ, getting rid of the ATF, you know, figuring out how to not only balance the budget in, in terms of not just looking at the deficit, but actually reducing uh, our, our, our debt-to-income ratio so we're not at 151 percent of uh, our, our, our GDP to, to debt. Uh, figuring out ways to actually fix the military where, you know, we are not in a situation where Mark Milley says the number one thing that he cares about is white rage. And what can we actually do to fix the community? And it's gaining steam. I'm, I'm getting calls left and right from precinct chairs from all over the three districts. People are yearning to get a hold of me. And I think there's, there's something refreshing about a politician who's not doing this because he needs a job. I'm not doing this for fame. I've already had it, believe me. And I'm not doing this <laughs> I'm not doing this for work. I have a job that I absolutely love. And you know whose endorsement I have? You know, other people might have some very powerful people's endorsement. I'm endorsed by my wife. What do you think that is the coolest and she, endorsement? And she's a tough get, I understand. There's no, there's no, there's yes, no, there's is. no snowing her. <laughs> you know, she's, 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 she's my hero. My mom is my hero. And one of the things I told you before we started this is, you know, I, I resonated so deeply with your book because that is exactly what we're living in. We're living in a time where if you question an election, you're considered an election denier. If you consider the efficacy of opinion based off scientific data, using scientific data, you're a science denier. If you dare to question a foreign war, you're anti-American. If you dare to question your freedoms, you're somebody who is a fascist. You know, enough of the double speak, sir. With all due respect, we're Americans. Our party was founded in 1854 by the likes of Abraham Lincoln and Horace Greeley to fight slavery 
And right now we are in an age of modern day slavery. When you have the federal government with unelected bureaucrats, so federal agencies, I, I read the statistic just in 2016, forget about now, the ratio of bills passed to statutes created by government agencies was 18 to one. We have an excess of 10,000 laws and that's not even getting down to the state level. How is that free? How does that promote enterprise? How does that allow for freedoms to happen? And quite frankly, the reality is when you have a situation where 3.8 million illegal immigrants cross the border, I came here legally with my parents. I'm not against legal immigration. What I am against is the fact that somebody who crosses over here and it's been done by design, not a single candidate has brought this up and it makes me upset. Please read the Declaration of North America. It was a treaty that was signed on January 10th this year by Biden, Trudeau, and Obrador, which built upon the Los Angeles Agreement last year, which reaffirms Agenda 2030. And it states, point blank, migrants who are coming here are here because they've been displaced by climate change and therefore are refugees and asylees and deserve to cross you know, between the three borders of our, our of the three nations. There you are. Without any sort of, and there you are. There, there we are. And here we have been. Bert Thacker is running for Congress, District 26, the Burgess vacancy, which a lot of people are up for. The primary, of course, is March 5th. Bert Thacker, T-H-A-K-U-R, BertThackerForCongress.com. And, of course, the uh, Twitter X feed is Bert Thacker, T-H-A-K-U-R, Bert Thacker, T-X. Bert, pleasure to have you on, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. God bless you, sir. God bless Texas. God bless America. And, and may we all start being kind to each other. 925. Mark Davis, 660 AM. Man, this is going to be an interesting, interesting result. That's a good dude. I mean, it is as soon as Dr. Burgess uh announced his retirement. It's like, oh, here we go. Here's <laughs> Jack might say, here we go, which is maybe too painful to recall. Uh, and, and I knew it'd be crowded, and it is, and nobody's going to get 50%. It will be a runoff. And so the name of the game is finishing the top two. And there's been a lot of oxygen and a lot of signage and a lot of this, a lot of that. And we've talked to all these folks, uh, to Brandon Gill, who has uh, sort of got the Trump endorsement. It's always nice to have. Some might come from being uh, Dinesh D'Souza's son-in-law, but I don't take anything away from that. Luisa Del Rosalo has an interesting story to tell. John Huffman, who's mayor of South Lake and has an interesting track record. Scott Army, who has a, a track record of service and all those good things. And then there's Bert, who we just talked to. I don't know if Bert has the kind of resources that these other four folks that I mentioned have. I don't know. But that's an awesome, awesome man. That was just a, 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 a liked his heart, liked his brain. That was the you know, the race is better because he's in it. We'll see how it all shakes out. Name of the game is finishing the top two. Lots of folks in there. Quite the horse race heading into the Texas primary March five. All right, nine thirty two. Mark Davis six sixty a.m. The answer. More stuff in the news. More stuff from you. Eight six 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 zero five seven five nine. Stick around. It's Nikki Whaley in the newsroom. Our next birthday for our next musical rejoin is a gentleman still alive. He is 83. Back in the early 70s, he had pretty well two hits that uh, that people remember. One heartwarming, the other heartbreaking. Which one will I throw you in 60 seconds? In those 60 seconds, let me give you something that is uplifting. When it's time to go find a contractor, there's help for you at thegoodcontractorslist.com. Thegoodcontractorslist.com is a place you go to find a list of good contractors, as the name implies. How do you get on the list? The keepers of the list screen and vet and examine all these contractors and ask them the questions you'd like the answers to. What's your pricing like? 
What's the quality of your workmanship? How long have you been around in the community? Do people tend to like you? Do you have to repeat customers who, who admire your work? And if all those answers come back positively, then they go on thegoodcontractorslist.com where they are there for you to find for free, always free for you to use there, thegoodcontractorslist.com. Speaking of money, there's $10,000 on the table at all times to just get there. You're going to get personally involved and weigh in and make sure that everything is set right. If anything ever goes sideways with any job that you ever secure through thegoodcontractorslist.com. But they're pretty confident that ain't going to happen. That's the degree of confidence they have. It's the degree of confidence you can have in thegoodcontractorslist.com. 660 AM, The Answer. See the tree, how big it's grown. But friend, it hasn't been too long. It wasn't big. I laughed at her and she got mad. The first day that she planted it was just a twig. Can I actually dig, dig back to 1968 for this? Honey, my Bobby Goldsboro. Then the first snow came and she ran up to uh, brush She's going to die. Spoiler. So it wouldn't die. But then there's Watchin' Scotty Grow, which is pretty cool. Came running in. Another sappy ballad, but it was he was good at this. He was really, really good at this. And I left till I cried. Great Bobby Goldsboro is 83. He did have one other record. And I played it once. And I'm not going to do it again because I don't have time. And I, it's just there may be too much stigma. It's like a crime scene. It is called Summer, parentheses, the first time. He's like a teenage boy, and he is seduced by a woman pretty well twice his age. And uh, I know, also known to most men as best summer ever. Half kidding, but only half. But can you imagine? And I know that don't always travel in this direction. Imagine throwing a record up on the charts about some uh, about some man. Who goes, uh, you know, trolling for teenage girls? Yeah, there, there, there's one for the hit parade. Anyway, Bob, just Google it, listen to it, keep the car on the road. Bobby Goldsboro and Summer (parentheses) the first time. Whew, that, there's a prosecution that should have happened there somewhere. Anyway, happy. I hope you invested well. Happy birthday to Bobby Goldsboro. All right. Um, so we're all investing in uh, what we, well, we're investing emotionally and intellectually and politically and, and literally with our political contributions. And I guess money is a lot of money and support and how much of it do we have is behind a lot of the um, the back and forth these last few days about what ought to happen post Iowa. And what ought to happen post-New Hampshire, where where I believe Trump is likely to win again, but where Haley will finish much closer to him than she did in Iowa and much closer to him than DeSantis will. Does DeSantis have a better fan base in South Carolina? Yeah, but South Carolina is already Trump country, so it's not like he's going to finish close to Trump. Haley will probably not do well in, in South Carolina. There is value in DeSantis staying around. In in order to maybe just maybe force Nikki Haley to finish third in her own state, that's kind of a statement. But the statement most people are making these days is it's just time. If we've got, you know, five, six weeks between now and Super Tuesday, we need every molecule of our energy every day on the calendar and every dime of our donation money as Republicans to go to the man who is going to be the nominee. And that 
view is so pervasive that we found ourselves in an interesting uh, festival of uh, Trump running mate speculation. I mentioned, and listen, I there may be ten people who I'm thrilled with when I ultimately think this all out, and Lord knows we got a little bit of time on that. But the the two folks I mentioned yesterday are Tim Scott. It's always kind of interesting to go with people who ran against you because you get a kind of an idea of what the country thinks of you. And I and I think that re, that America and I think the Republicans in particular just absolutely love Tim Scott. Didn't want him to be president, as wound up being the case. Uh, but I think there are things that he's got senatorial experience, uh, just a, a wonderful heart, a wonderful mind, a wonderful, uh, he's, he's great. What's, what's not great about Tim Scott. The thing that made it not a presidential year for him is he's not sort of the sharp elbowed fighter that we want in the top job. So is it okay if it's not there in the number two job, especially if, and I know Trump will probably live to be 112, uh, if you got a president who's going to be knocking on 80 uh, when he's inaugurated, that's not a bad point. It's really, really not. Uh, I guess I'm counting on Trump to actually survive his term. It also means that Tim Scott, Vice President Tim Scott, might have the uh, the early jump on the 2028 nomination where DeSantis will probably be back. Maybe a little more seasoned, a little more mature, a little more uh, personability skills. You know, so... Uh, uh, interesting. But this, this is what leads me to the other guy I've been talking about uh, with you this week, and that is a uh, first term, admittedly, senator out of Ohio, an important state, J.D. Vance. He was on with um, Laura Ingram last night talking about this deal that is hanging from the rafters. Uh, it, it, it ties Ukraine aid to border progress. The Republicans' position is, you want a dime more for Ukraine? You give us 900 miles of border wall. The Democrat position is, we don't want to give you border wall, but we do want the aid to Ukraine. So there are deals in the formative stages. J.D. Vance says he knows what's coming. We know what's going to be in this thing, and we know that it will lack two critical provisions. First of all, does nothing on parole, Laura. Barack Obama paroled 5,000 illegal aliens a year. Joe Biden is paroling close to a million per year. The proposal does nothing on parole. Second, it really does nothing on fixing the asylum process in our country. So you combine these two things, you're not actually addressing the border crisis. And importantly, and you saw Speaker Johnson address this, and I appreciate him for doing so, this is fundamentally about getting money for Ukraine. This is a border fig leaf so that we can send another $61 billion for Ukraine. And I just think it's such a catastrophic abdication of leadership for Republicans at the height of a significant border crisis, when the American people are with us on the need to secure the border, to pretend that we're securing the border with the one hand so we can well, give $61 billion to Zelensky with the other. It, it's atrocious. It seems- Dude's good. Oh, t- told you it was going to be good. He is gonna, he, he came to prominence writing this book, Hillbilly Elegy, and then uh, got into the primary, won the primary, and won the, uh, and won the general election in the, in the 2022 election. He's a baby. He's 39. He'll be 40 in uh, in August. But, hey, everybody was all up. Uh, you know, Vivek looks like he could handle it. He's, he's 30, 38. So the uh, the late 30-somethings, uh, if they bring it to the table, they can uh, garner a lot of uh, a lot of popularity and a lot of, of, of street cred. Um, I, I said, Trump and Vance. 
that's uh, that's one way to go. We finally have the blue city mayors. Yes. In, in, in a position where they understand this is really bad. And, and instead you give them a political rescue package that, again, is meaningless. Because once you get that bill, and we don't have the text yet, but once you get that bill and there's verifica- there'll be some verification you yeah. know, nonsense in it, who's going who's gonna to make them do the enforcement? Who? Well, it's effectively impossible. And here, here, here's the real tell that this is not fundamentally going to secure the border is if you really wanted to, you know how I feel about Ukraine. I think we spent, the, spent too much money over there already. But if you really wanted to use Ukraine as a hook, you could tell Joe Biden, we won't give you another dime until you get illegal border crossings to a very low number, below 1,000, below 500, whatever the number you pick is. The fact that that's not on the table oh, yeah, tells point. you this is, all that this is not about border security. Bingo, 100% correct. And, and it also reflects what I've told you 25 times. And that is that some of the people who are you know, kind of hardliners against, you know, throwing more money at Zelensky because it's a stalemate. And we are, we're simply not going to kick Russia out. We're just not. We're just not. Okay. But yeah, if you want to throw a little more money at that, I will go along with it. If you actually give us the border wall we want and actually give us the border protection that we want. Millions of Americans feel that way, too. All right, what does work at the border? Actual tangible barriers. Remember the battle over the buoys, the border buoys, the big orange balls floating in the water? Uh, A court ruling has, uh, once again, it's in kind of the back and forth. They're like big orange ping pong balls at this point, legally speaking. Uh, Blake Hansen, Channel 4 on Fox last night. I uh, had a little piece on the uh, on, on the court clearing the way for the use of those border buoys for the moment. One of Texas's tools to combat the border crisis can remain in place for now. That after the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans reversed a December decision. So it showed an interesting uh, difference of opinion. David Cole is a constitutional law attorney who has been closely following the case in front of the conservative Fifth Circuit. While a three-judge panel had sided with the Biden administration in December, Wednesday's decision means each of the circuit's 17 judges will now take a look in May. So the the uh, the Biden position had been that uh, that this that, that we the state of Texas can't do anything that anything we do because the federal government has completely abrogated its border security responsibilities. But we're not allowed to do anything because that's border protection and that's the federal government's job. <laughs> Seems that a majority of the court they may not think the panel is wrong, but they certainly have some serious questions about how the panel got there on this question of state, federal versus state authority at the border, and they want to thoroughly air it out. So it's going to get a lot of scrutiny in May when this goes before the full Fifth Circuit. While legal wrangling continues over border strategy, top congressional leaders gathered at the White House for a meeting with President Biden on the border. Lawmakers have been trying to hash out a deal that would provide aid to Ukraine in exchange for policy changes on border security. I put the chances a little bit greater than half now. And that's the Chuck Schumer. First time I can say that. Republican leadership did not strike as optimistic of a note. We understand that there's concern about uh, the safety, security, sovereignty of Ukraine. Uh, Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House. But the American people have those same concerns about our own domestic sovereignty and our safety and our security. But amid recent comments from Johnson expressing skepticism about a broader immigration deal, Senate Republicans reiterated Wednesday the need to act now. To my Republican colleagues, Lindsey Graham, this is a historic moment to reform the border in a way that would give tools to the next president they don't have today 
and lessen the flow to take pressure off people in Texas and Arizona. But only if we're not hosed again. Only if there are guarantees written into law that say to Democrats, you can't hose us again. You can't deny us again. You can't break your promise again. That if we are indeed going to open up some more purse strings and send some more war material over to Zelensky, that you will, without fail, give us exactly the border protections we now demand. It has to be weasel proof. That's the progress that needs to be made. All right, we've made some progress through today's uh, show, haven't we? Exit tune, a couple of final words, next. Oh, yeah, had to do it. The great David Ruffin. Born 83 years ago. Made it to 50. The Temps. Let's all sing along as we get on out of here and head into the world of Mike Gallagher. Producer Ron Decay, Moreland, thanks you. Producer Ron Decay, R-O-N-D-A, capital K, on the old X Twitter. Mr. Matt, thanks you, and I thank him for the technical guru skills. Thank you, Nikki Whaley, for news excellence. And thank you all for listening. God bless our country, our troops, our families. You not enjoy this beautiful day. Get back together tomorrow, Friday already. Holy cow, what will we do? I'll have ideas. So join us then. See you in the morning right here on 660 AM. The Answer. I'm Mark Davis. Be good. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.